for you will do this great favor for me. You will model for me as the premier. Well, Monsieur Le Maire, I'd gladly put on a dress if that's what it's going to take to get you to agree to pressing the button on the randomizer today. Although I think Marina's particular body shape might be more flattering to your creations than mine, and not to mention much less nightmarish. Oh, the dearest girl, I would follow her to the edges of the earth. Excellent. You mean? I mean, if you press the big red button right here, I, as Marina's manager, can guarantee she'll be at your fashion show. Uh, probably. You will not be disappointed. I promise you, there will be a sensation. Well, let's hope so. Oh. Oh, you. Yes, yes, I'm sorry, it is rather a lot of noise. Let me just take care of that. Huh, well, that's a sound we haven't heard for a while. What does it mean? I don't understand. It means that we have landed on an episode from a two-part story. So we'll be watching part one today and part two next week. I would never have believed it. Indeed. So, break out the champagne. Did I hear someone mention champagne? And pass me that printout, Francois, if you please. I shall commit my great secret to Pepper. Oh, thank you. Right, let's see. Ah, okay. What is it? Well, it's, uh... I hope you don't mind. No, no. I mean, it's not one of my favorite stories from this particular series, but... Alas, I'm the end of my wits. What am I to do? But it's also notable for being that show's very first episode. Oh, this is too much. Which, you know, is, is definitely something. Oh. <clears throat> so, without any further histrionics, here's Terrorhawks with part one of Expect the Unexpected. Watch carefully. But where do you suggest the top of the Eiffel Tower? Well, we're not really allowed to travel at the moment, are we? Oh, I need reviving. So, welcome back to Terrorhawks on the Randomizer and a two-parter. This is quite a rare thing for us. This is the uh, series opener. A small step for us. But a large step towards mankind. And I have heard some people say that this, uh. One of the alien ships is approaching our base. This opening scene is one of the most dramatic in the series, which, uh. I think I'd probably have to agree with, actually. Our unarmed geological base. It's pretty effective in establishing Zelda and, and the rest as a credible threat. Of this planet. <laughs> go, whole base, full of innocent people just wiped out. Of course it's all done with effects and voices, we don't see the puppets, which uh, I'm sure it was always intended that we never saw the puppets in that scene, but uh, I do wonder if that's part of what makes it so effective. It's a very dramatic opening for a series that uh, wasn't necessarily known for being dramatic, but also the effects work here is really nice. My stepping stone to planet Earth. Not just the destruction of the Mars base, but the uh, the arrival of the fleet of ships themselves. Prepare for my first attack on Earth. No uh, explanation, of course, for why Zelda wants the Earth, but never mind. When is a house not a house? I don't know. When it's the White House. Aha. Uh -huh. 1,000 feet below the surface, the Battlehawk. Flagship of the Terrorhawks, an elite fighting force ready to engage the invaders from Mars. What do you think? Yep, Robbie Stevens picking up some uh, extra work as the narrator here. Mechanical metamorphs, certainly offensive, and as. Mechanical metamorphs, see, I don't know. To attack. 
It looks like our first 1030. Exactly. Have a good fright. A stuff you. They're establishing the uh, casual racism early there with Hero. Hawknest, 1010. And I. I don't know. What? I don't know. I was going to say some words. But now we have this lovely Treehawk launch to look at instead. So, uh. I'll just marvel in this for a while because as silly as it is having Treehawk launch from the tree like this, which seems to be in the middle of nowhere, I've always rather liked liked that sequence. No idea how Hero gets aboard, of course. 101, this is Lieutenant Hero. I'm docking with Spacehawk now. See you on the flight deck. Tan Tan. I mean, where else do you think I would be? I'm always on the flight deck. But this is another nice scene as well. 101 smiling at Hi, Hero. Erica. My, how you've grown. Nice to see you, Lantana. Why, Cassandra, you look beautiful. You've obviously been talking to them, just like I told you. Yes, sir. You know something, 101? Dr. Einstein's theory is that my plants flourish because of the artificial gravity up here. And when I explain to him it's because I talk to them, do you know what he says? You're a nut. Exactly. So that's a nice scene establishing the relationship between Hero and 101, which is going to remain in place for the rest of the series. Um, they've got, you know, they were reasonably well-defined in that scene. Unfortunately, certain other characters in this story are nowhere near as well-defined. Um, case in point, I really hate this early Tiger Einstein puppet. Doctor, I have a contact. Oh, I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. It does... It's it look the puppet looks like someone's taken his head and just put it in a vice and crushed it. And that and the the jaw being um very large and floppy on that puppet. I don't think this puppet lasted very long, thankfully, because he's not pleasant to look at. This is Space Sergeant 101 calling Zeroids 1 to 100. We have a contact. Keep your eyes peeled. And I do get with a lot of these um Super Mario Nation shows and well Anderson shows generally if you've got a good story for the first episode then it kind of doesn't matter that you don't go out of your way to really explain must have a visual siding by now who characters are and what they're doing there and what their relationships are to each other if the story is good enough in the first episode we can assume that we'll we'll find out the rest of that stuff later so when you get a, an opening episode like this which isn't open fire especially the uh that the show's finest hour not by a long chalk it is kind of disappointing. You you don't really care about what's going on, and you don't really care about the people either. So the energy source, Captain, it's still there. Well, except for certain characters who are perfect right out of the gate, namely the Zeroids and Zelda. Unfortunately, the human characters never quite lived up at any point. But the music is telling us something that does quite live up is uh, Hawkwing. You on the wing? I sure am, ma'am. You have a 1050. 1010. Again, no explanation of what this vehicle is and who the people are who, are who are driving it. But I do love the shot of... Not so much the, the whirlpool, but Hawkwing speeding down that tunnel. It's a lovely idea for a launch sequence. And I don't think the effects quite pull it off. 
Um, it comes very close, but the reversed footage of the water sort of piling on top of itself, and then just that very small hawkwing wobbling its way out of the vortex. Um, I mean, the vortex itself looks lovely. The uh, spinning bit underwater looks lovely, but hawkwing coming out, I don't know. Even the sound effects weren't really supporting it there. Energy source approaching ionosphere at Mach 6. It's a controlled descent. Still no radar. And Mary Falconer doesn't get much in the way of a good dialogue or moments in this story either. She's another puppet who doesn't quite look there. All right, Katie. Here come the coordinates. Fresh from the Rose Garden. Thanks, I'm on the sand. Which isn't to say that Denise isn't doing a good job because Denise is always doing a good job. All these actors are always doing a good job. I fired at nothing, and guess what I hit? Okay, Katie, stay in that area. I may need you. Ten, ten. Energy source now. I've always wondered with this show as well, when you see scenes in the Battlehawk cockpit... 100 miles due north of Bangkok. There he is, there's Zero. Um, you see the, the view directly ahead from Battlehawk, and it's just this long tunnel, which I've always assumed is meant to... You know, that's meant to be the, the upwards tunnel from when Battlehawk actually launches. So I don't know what this miles of tunnel ahead of them when they're landed horizontal at the bottom of the bay is about. Anyway, here we go. Just as the point of the episode is flagging, we introduce the Zeroids. Right, man. That's the avenue. This is it. Albeit largely in stop motion form. And straight out of the gate, Windsor Davies as a robot, as his Sergeant Major character, it's just perfect. Equipment and uh, <clears throat> men aboard, Captain. Thank you, Sergeant Major. Stand by for liftoff. And it also helps that the Zeroids are just beautiful designs. Not that, not that I think Windsor Davies needs any help. And now we have the Battlehawk launch. Uh, and I feel I can talk over these sequences as if we're watching them for the first time, because this is what viewers watching this episode for the first time back in 83 would have experienced. I kind of like the idea behind this launch sequence, that they're so far beneath the White House. But you've always got that question in your head. What happens through everything in the White House? Um, all the furniture. We know it gets tipped over and thrown about. We saw that in uh, Terror Tomb. So, I mean, I would assume most of the house itself is... Uh, is just for show, really. Katie, bring the Hawkwing to the battle zone. We'll need air cover. We're on our way. Hero, move into geostationary orbit. I want you to keep your eye on the battle zone. Ten ten. And I do get the feeling that this episode, this opening of, of Terrorhawks, was a, a bit of a disappointment to longtime Anderson fans who saw it when it first went out, you know, expecting something like a, a glory day's return to the old uh, Super Mario Nation style, and they got this. Um, exactly. I, I think the show is more popular with either people who weren't aware of it when they first saw the show back in 83, or... encounter with the new Martians, Tiger. What do you expect? Or have come to it later. I expect... Here we go. I expect the unexpected. Because that's the title of the script. I was also confused by that new Martians line. It, it sounded like there were previous Martians. But who knows? Who cares? We are now in... Yeah, we even get a caption. Saying we're in Thailand. 
which is strange because the show rarely went anywhere other than the desert or Badwater County. I think the, the most exciting place they went after this was, uh, was Egypt. One of my men has just reported... Yeah, I got it. How are we doing? We are doing just fine. I think another reason I don't like that tiger puppet is because his face is so crushed, it shows off his teeth Sergeant Major. more than any other puppets. My reconnaissance party, sir, report that the area... Oh, that one-eyed glance over at Tiger. That's a lovely... These zero props are so... Oh, they're so lovely. But going back to the uh, location that we're now in, we're now in Thailand. Zero? Oh, here's a particularly hideous shot of Tiger. Energy source and report. Sir. And use reasonable caution. Expect the unexpected. Caution. Sir. Numbers 13, 27, and 35. Stand by for reconnaissance patrol. Yeah, it was always helpful to the show to um, have things happen in the middle of nowhere, in deserted places, because... Um, Sergeant Major? I would assume there just wasn't the budget to show a particularly populated or inhabited area. That's why you always get the middle of nowhere and uh, Badwater County with its five occupants. My worst enemy out there. And as the show went along, they did manage to pull in um, certain effect shots that... Uh, I, th I think of the, the nighttime city scenes in things like Midnight Blue and uh, Play It Again SRAM, TV City. That always looked quite nice, but... Uh, I'm moving us to Hill 28. You, could, you couldn't show a, an inhabited area on this show's budget. It was rare, really, to see uh, multiple puppets in the same room. I think later on there's a... There's a, like a party scene in Space Cyclops and there are lots, or seemingly lots, of puppets there. And it's quite a shock. And away goes Terrorhawk, which, uh, I don't know, it looks quite nice in that one, um, one publicity photo. Otherwise, I don't, uh, I don't hugely see the point of this vehicle, though it does look, it does look nice close up, though. Again, the idea was that it could detach from Battlehawk and, uh, sort of observe the battle site, but they didn't really use that feature that often. He's nothing. Zero, how we doing? We've located the energy source, sir. So I've waffled over a lot of what's actually happening here. There's an unknown alien energy source they've tracked from Mars to Earth. I can't see it. They can't see it. Zero, fire an energy bolt at the source. So. And it's a... This is demonstrating a, a power of Zelda's, a feature of of hers that um, the energy source is still there but was rarely ever employed after this and I get the feeling that it's introduced in this episode because they're planning to make more use of it but uh, they never really do what can you see sergeant major I see I see a spaceship under a gigantic spider it's an alien spaceship and it is under a gigantic spider just what I expected. A rubber spider. Right, but the spider's not gigantic. The spaceship's minute. Yeah, Zelda's ability to change the size of her vehicles. Um, you would think that would be a, a massive advantage in a, in combat against the enemy. I think she only uses it again once after this. But this is very cool. The flashing. Now the spaceship is bigger than the spider, but not by much. Roll on. And bigger again. And 
then it just fills the sky. It's very cool. Yeah, if nothing else, this show really establishes Zelda as a as a threat. Zero to Battlehawk. I want 50 men here immediately. On our way, Sarge. No, Sergeant Major. No. Return to Battlehawk. He can't hear us. He doesn't want to hear us. And an element here that will become be coming into play in the second half of the story. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. I'll take up defensive positions. Oh, man. Oh. You mean? And she calls him a man. We believe 13 is an unlucky number for some people. Oh, dear. Poor old zero 13. Oh, no. There. I was right. That's it, we've established these robots are absolutely gorgeous and perfect in every way. Let's just kill one of them. If nothing else, I think that's more villainous than anything else Zelda does through the whole series. You don't kill the Xeroids. You can't hit me, but I can hit you. And she does actually hit another Xeroid there in that effect shot. One of them was clearly blown to pieces, but uh, it's not acknowledged. Because later on, uh, Zero, Zero 13's uh, death is acknowledged in quite a quite a touching way. But we're not there yet. That's next week. Ten, ten. But we are now coming up to another feature, which I assume was meant to be a regular feature with this show, because why else would you introduce it in the first episode if you're not going to do it again? Using Hawkeye's section of Hawkwing as a, a suicide bomb. Sergeant Major? Withdraw your men and return to the Battle Hawk. That's an order. If Hawkwing is coming in, we must distract their fire. Come on, men. Give up everything you've got. Oh, that destroyed Zeroid in the effect shot is back again. Oh, well, he, he, he must have stitched himself back together. I don't know. No, Hawkeye. 10-10. Dr. Killjoy's done a, a, a bang-up job on him between shots. Don't leave it too late, Katie. It's never too late, Tiger. I do love the incidental music in this scene as well. Nice and heroic uh, version of the, the Terrorhawks theme. And there we go, that's the Hawkwing uh, upper section, blown the spaceship to bits. Fantastic, Katie, just fantastic. And I suppose I should mention the uh, slightly longer edit of this episode that was seen in the VHS compilation with lots of little bits. Well, three or four little bits missing here and there. And the energy force is still there. I guess they were cut for time. It's building. Fast. Oh, so they haven't destroyed Zelda's ship. There it is, directly over the Terrorhawk. Keep calm, baby. <laughs> okay. Nobody knew those would be his last words. A tiger's been snatched. Mary's in a green beam. Again, this is all abilities that we never see Zelda use again against the Terrorhawks. This ability to just teleport them at will. Stupid doctor. Immobilize them in a green beam. No better than to attack us. But, we but speaking of green, that's a lovely close-up shot of Zelda. We just that's our first sight of her. You speak to me like that. And she looks hideous. A human being. Human? But aren't you? No, I am not. My 
Yeah, to be fair, Tiger, you wouldn't look at Zelda and think, oh, are, you, are you sure you're not human? We were there, robots. But soon our intellect was greater than that of our creators. So we destroyed them. Your android? Yes. We are androids in the mold of our creators. Based on the oldest and wisest. That is why we are so beautiful. That's another great shot as well of Zelda stroking her hair with her fingers and those, oh, those horrible claws. Are you receiving me? Mary, are you all right? This is Sergeant Major Zero calling for a copy. Doctor, what's your 1020? Well, he's gone. He ain't got one. The whole thing's totally beyond my comprehension. So it's nice that we're ending part one with, uh, you know, the Terrorhawks are utterly baffled. Zelda could have destroyed Terrorhawk and Battlehawk if she had a mind to it. Of necessity to pass your gunship. But they're more interested in just kidnapping Tiger. It'll blast us out of the sky. And my theory is that you've insufficient power left to reduce your ship's size and to maintain its force field. Correct. But they won't fire with you aboard. Another feature of early episodes, um... They will. Tiger, I mean, the phrase I have a theory was always, always prevalent throughout the show's run, but in the earliest episodes he had a knack of coming up with these very unlikely theories and being, being proved right. I hear you, Doctor. Where are you? I also like that he sat on a cube in Zelda's ship. It has insufficient power to maintain its force field. If you open fire, you'll destroy it. So, open fire. That's an order, hero. <laughs> he won't fire. Not with you on board. You're coming with me to Mars, and then we'll take you apart to see what makes you tick. That's a pretty nasty threat. I'm only one of nine clones. Kill me, and there'll be another Einstein within 24 hours. <laughs> and she actually believes it. If someone said that to me, if I were the evil dictator trying to take over the world, I'd think, oh, maybe you're fibbing there. It's just thrown away such a casual introduction to the Tiger clone concept. Doctor would not like us to start making decisions. But I do like the cliffhanger we're building to here because, you know... I must make the decision. This is a fairly standard sci-fi trope. Oh, the, the captain's on the enemy ship. Well, I've given the order to blow up the ship. And then you'd cut back to the other heroes and they'd be... Oh. But this time... Open fire! They actually do it. What have I done? They have opened fire. Yes, Zelder. This has got to be the end. Although those shots are taking a very long time to get anywhere near Zelda's ship, but that was the first episode of Terrorhawks Expect the Unexpected, part one. We have a to-be-continued on the start of the uh, end credits, noughts and crosses game, and... Yeah, I've spoken before about the problems with early Terrorhawks, and I've spoken about them here again, and it's, um... You know, some things really work. The effects are, are good. The, um... The Xeroids are perfect right out of the gate. Zelda is perfect right out of the gate. But the human characters are, with the possible exception of Hero, are not that fun to be around, just because either we don't know too much about them yet, or they're absolutely but ugly, case in point, Tiger Einstein. Um, if the story was stronger, 
that wouldn't be a problem. Since it's not, this isn't a, a superb opening to the series. I've got to say, I can understand why people were put off by this back in the day. The show would get better, but unfortunately it won't get better in part two, which we'll be seeing next week. Yay!